0: Last phrase is very confusing, even <laughs> with what little I know about what you're talking about. <laughs> I think well, the idea I... of discovery is what I was thinking of is like what you mentioned about, uh, you know, ex- exploration of the new world and all this sort of thing. Like, what does that look like? Because mm-hmm. although maybe there not, might not be as much need for, um, I think you suggested that there was like a need for gold.
1: Well, there's a, there's a need. There's a need for for some of the things Resources. that they they had had through the Silk right. Road when when the Mongol Empire collapsed and the Ottomans and, and the Muslim empires in the Middle East took over, they cut off trade between Europe and the West or the East, so that forced Europeans to find another route. If they don't have to find another route, but what kind, What what's the What's the onus or the impetus to go explore,
0: right? Unmerit- but how much, how much of what the Mongols were doing was about exploration, and how much of it was about conquering?
1: Welcome back to Dad Bod History What If. I'm Eric.
2: I'm what Jay. if? What if? What if? <laughs>
1: That's Nick. Nick. He's been gone And that's the, that's
2: the whispers of your nightmares right there, folks.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> all right. So this, uh, we're going to be piggybacking, <laughs> piggybacking off of our Mongol discussion. The question today is, what if Ogaday Khan, who ruled up until his very sudden death in 1241, what if he had not died? Now, the reason we asked that question is because when a khagan or great khan dies all of the other khans from the various khanates are called back to mongolia to choose the next khagan and why that would have been significant is because batu khan ruling of the ruler of the golden horde in the west um had conquered Parts of Poland had conquered parts of Hungary and was on the doorstep of taking the rest of Europe. So, what if Ogade had not died, and the invasion of Europe could have continued?
2: Yeah, and I, I think the the cool question here is is like he was in the process of it. Like they had swept through much of. Um, southern and eastern russia and pushed through they had conquered kiev which is in modern day ukraine they'd conquered moscow they took that city and then they were pushed into poland and hungary and really the only thing stopping them was that ogadai the the kagan had died um and so they could have consolidated certainly their their gains in poland and hungary and the the i guess the 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 counterpoint here is there was no unified Europe in 13th right. century uh, AD. Is you know the there was no Germany. There was the Holy Roman Empire, which was a collection of kingdoms and principalities that were often at war with each other. France was not a, not truly a, a unified nation, and, and England actually had much of northern France under their control. And England and France were often more worried about each other. Than yeah. any outward threat, uh, Spain was under the control of the Moors for much of this time. Italy was again uh, a collection kingdoms, of kingdoms Naples, and papal states, and Sicily. And, and, yeah, so there was no strong, powerful nation. Um, in fact, often the strongest military forces were the orders of knights, like the Hospitallers right. or the Templars or the, Teut- the Teutonic Knights in, in Poland and Germany. <clears throat> um, it, whereas the 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 Mongolians, and specifically in this case Batu Khan, had a massive force of unified Mongolian might um, that he was able to bring to bear. And it was called the Golden Horde. And um, when they say they swept through Russia, they literally swept through Russia. um, And they were devastating at how fast they were at at conquering um, Russia and then moving into Poland and Hungary. And so I think that's the counterpoint here is who would have been able to stop the Golden Horde from advancing further west? And how far west could they have gone before they were stopped, I think, is is really the question.
1: Yeah, so I read um, an essay, and the essay is called The Death That Saved Europe. Uh, and I got to find the author here um, by Cecilia Holland. And she includes a map in here, um, that kind of shows, you know, the the furthest west they had gone. Um, you know, they had gotten far as, as Liegnitz, which is in Germany, um, on the Elbe River, which is one of the, the furthest west they had gotten. They had gone as far south as like Vienna and Budapest and Belgrade. And so, you know, the well I'm sorry, these are these are like the um potential targets they had because they had gotten into Poland. So you know in her her essay she writes you know they would have they would have hit Budapest, Belgrade, they would have gone to Vienna um, and of course then they would have had to go west from Germany into France but also south into Italy and that's where where things could really take an interesting turn because again it comes down to how much do the Europeans resist? the more they resist, the more likely it is that the cities get sacked. And even if they don't resist, even if they surrender and much is left intact, you have to consider um, the Pope is one of the people who had actually made one of the biggest demands of the Mongols in a time. Remember, he had had made a demand of the Mongols to convert to Christianity. Mm -hmm. One of the Khans had, had sent him a demand back saying, no, you submit to Mongol rule. Mm -hmm. So one of the potentialities she puts in here is that the Pope is actually, as one of the most important leaders of Europe at the time, since it's just a hodgepodge of princes and dukes and, you know, would-be kings, um, is that the Pope actually gets rolled into a rug and trampled by horse, which is the traditional execution method of the Mongols, because it's honorable because you apparently don't Don't bleed. You don't spill blood. (laughs) Um, The rug soaks it up. Well, you don't spill it on the ground, which is the important thing. Hmm. So that the Pope would end up being executed by this method. But what she really gets into in her essay is that as the Mongols hit these cities, whether they sack them or not, they also take back to Mongolia um, a lot of the the important artisans, including inventors, engineers, painters. So do we end up with a Leonardo? Do we have a Michelangelo? Um, And those are questions that we didn't really ask about Hmm. China or the, uh, uh, what's the name of that? The uh, Quarazmarian Empire or Japan even. You know, the most important figures of, European history that we think of probably don't exist in the same form if the Mongols actually take Europe. But the same is true in China and Iran. So we didn't really account for those um, mm-hmm. in our discussion. But, you know, I don't foresee a lot of those names popping up and their works popping up under Mongol rule. And it doesn't mean they don't or someone else doesn't do it, but it definitely stunts the what is going to happen over the next 200 years, this is at the beginning of the Renaissance. This is like the first moments of Renaissance Europe are now going to be, maybe not snuffed out, but that spark, if it doesn't survive the Mongol invasion, how long does it take before it starts? But maybe as a counterpoint to this
2: is, had the Mongols... Successfully conquered, let's say up to France, you know, as far as west as they could go. Let's say they get stopped a bit at France, um, because Germany, like I said, there is no Germany. Poland and Hungary are relatively weak, and, and Italy is is a mess. So they conquer all those lands. Who's to say that they don't spur an Eastern Renaissance? Yeah. through their conquest because like we like we said in our, our main episode talking about the Mongols they brought so much from China to the west and when we were talking about the west we didn't really define it as as western like as Europe We and we should have been more specific when they were talking about the west a lot of the west to them was western Asia, the yeah. Middle East, North Africa whereas often when we think of the west we automatically assume Greece and, and Europe but had they conquered those lands Um, And they could bring uninhibited all that knowledge from China and Korea and and, and Eastern Asia and Central Asia to the West, to to Europe. And conversely, you take Catholicism and Orthodox Christianity and you take um, all these artists and all these engineers and send them to the East. I mean that just like the Mongolian Empire helped the expansion of Islam, who knows if the expansion of some form of Christianity would have would have kind of pushed out to the east yeah. and um, and Western ideas of democracy and Western ideas of um,
1: humanism. Humanism is going to humanism, be a few hundred years down yeah. the road, but still.
2: Well, in all those classics, right? That's what the Renaissance was, the rediscovering of the classics. If all those classics get rediscovered and there's this pipeline between East and West, then does that classical thought make it East centuries before? Yeah. I, I, I'm i just saying as a counterpoint to instead of snuffing the Renaissance out, um, potentially it pushes the Renaissance East. I guess that's... The, the thought that popped in my head when you were bringing that up. Yeah,
1: I mean, again, the, the rena- one of the reasons the Renaissance happens is is there is this this influx of money and trade, especially into Italy, especially into northern Italy, and that's all going towards the Silk Road, um, going towards those connections, which at this point, you know, when the Renaissance actually happens, the Mongol Empire has, has shrunk. It's con- contracted. So they're still making contact with the east but it's not the the bigger broader contact that we're considering here um so the renaissance happens almost in a a small bubble but if if the mongol empire expands to this point does it make that bubble bigger and the potential bigger uh for a broader renaissance um one of the other things is it how does it affect exploration because one of the reasons for exploration is that um, the uh, I want to say Ottoman Turks, but I think it's a different set of Turks. When they conquer Istanbul, or sorry, when they conquer it's Constantinople, the yeah, they, they it closes off trade from Europe to the Silk Road, and therefore the Europeans are forced to say we have to find another route to everything we heard about a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. which spurred on Columbus. Um, Because he's saying, "Well, we can't take the land route anymore; it's been closed off." So, again, these are all these little pieces. If Europe is part of a larger Mongol empire, some of those things aren't necessary, and that how much longer then is um, the old world separate from the new world? Although it's something,
2: and something he brought up is interesting: is if the Mongolians take Italy and they. They they kill the pope. Did they install a Mongolian pope, or do they install a Mongolian <laughs> friendly pope? Like I don't know. Like it's something to think about because often, right when when yeah. Khan conquered China, he became the emperor of China, and you know the Yuan Dynasty took place.
1: So, well, that would pope, be up for it, the cardinals to discuss with the Mongols then to say, well, you know, you have to be uh, Catholic. Yeah, and I'm sure a Mongol would be like, "Well, I'll, I'll be Catholic if you want me to be." Sure. Yeah,
2: I just think that would be a, that would be an interesting change. Is if is if the papacy, because I don't think the Mongols get rid of it, but I think they, use they it. would definitely make sure that they would have somebody that was friendly to Mongol ideals, um,
1: if not. But an what actual I think is Mongol interesting, themselves. I think they actually would have taken. They wouldn't have been like, "Well, just install somebody." They would have been like, "All right, well, what do you need us to do to be your your pope?" Because obviously yeah. your pope has enough political power in this continent. Well, well he's, he's kind of Catholic. the only unified well, power. Yeah. yeah, they're like, well, what do you, what do you have to be? Well, you have to be Catholic. Well, okay, we, we can do that, and we'll take yeah. it seriously because it seems to me that their thought of religion was you just, you just pick one and go with it. Mm-hmm. And I think they would have been okay with like, all right, so Batu who Khan wants to be Catholic. Well, I'll do it. I'll be Catholic. Pope Batu the <laughs> first, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> I mean, well, he's got to change his name. Oh, so what do you think he goes with?
2: Bennett Benathan. I just made up a name. You I don't did. know. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't know. Well, it would definitely be the first. Whatever it would, yeah. it would be the first of his name. He wouldn't.
1: He wouldn't take like a Leo the tenth or something like that. Who is Who is the apostle they think went way out east? Was it Thomas? Be Pope Thomas the first. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll say Pope Thomas the first. Let's go with that. That so works for me. Batu Khan, Pope Thomas the first. Thomas the first. Pope the Tom. Eventual <laughs> result. Yeah, I, I think that would have been a
2: bigger impact than the actual conquest, yeah. is that they can take and shape the papacy to be more Mongolian. I think that would have been a huge change. 'Cause that would have affected all of Christendom, right, at the time. Yeah. Was so, it affected and, the eventual Reformation. Oh my gosh. There were still Crusader states down yeah. in the Middle East. Yeah. So now are those Crusader states getting supplied by Mongolian armies, that changes the outcome.
1: It, it does because now the those uh those Crusader states are being supplied with Mongols. I think and they've got I Mongols Antioch, on the other side of their enemy. Mm-hmm.
2: I think you have Antioch, or no, Acre is still standing at this time. Mm-hmm. I think that's the last holdout. Man, that would have been different because that would have been Sal- Saladin had conquered Jerusalem in the late 1100s. So,
1: yeah, that would have been crazy. Mongolian Christian Crusade. Yeah. I what like do you that. think, Nick? <clears throat>
0: That last phrase is very confusing, even (laughs) with what little I know about what you're talking about. (laughs) I think the idea of discovery is what I was thinking of. Is like what you mentioned about, uh, you know, exploration of the new world and all this sort of thing. Like, what does that look like? Because Mm -hmm. although maybe there might not be as much need for, um, I think you suggested that there was like a need for gold. Well, there's a, there's a need. There's a need for
1: for some of the things Resources. that they they had had through the Silk right. Road when when the Mongol Empire collapsed and the Ottomans and, and the Muslim empires in the Middle East took over, they cut off trade between Europe and the West or the East, so that forced Europeans to find another route. If they don't have to find another route, but what kind, What what's the what's the onus or the impetus to go explore
0: right but how much how much of what the mongols were doing was about exploration and how much of it was about conquering i think it's all about conquering it's all about conquering
1: yeah i i think they don't really now they they might be interested in in- we hear some. There's some Native Americans across the sea. Well, maybe if or- they hear about it, but somebody's <laughs> well, and that's find the thing is if,
2: is if they run out, <laughs> if they run out of land to conquer, they got to find yeah. new land because their whole mandate is, like we said in the first episode, is a good con expands
1: your boundaries yeah well if you to taken they everything went, that's there that's why they went after japan they had defeated korea and the jia dynasty and the jin dynasty and the southern song mm-hmm. dynasty there's nothing left to conquer in that direction japan's right across the way and but they had to get koreans and chinese to build the and man the boats so and there
2: was a and this is totally an aside about a hundred years before columbus there was a chinese fleet that sailed up the Coast of Asia and to Alaska, and then sailed back. Yeah. And it was called the, the treasure fleet because they sailed to see what was there and if there was anything worth taking. They, well, they decided uh, that there the wasn't. The Chinese had but... also
1: sailed west, they had sailed across the coast of India. What was different mm-hmm. about, um and this was, I read about, I was reading about exploration about the same time. The Chinese hugged the coast and they stayed along the coast of India. They actually got to parts of Africa. And the Chinese came back and and then their next ruler took over and they burned all their ships. Yeah. The there's only two groups of people that ever have ever, as an exploring uh, culture or civilization, have just gone straight out from the coast. And that is the Europeans during their age of exploration, when they said, All right, we're just setting sailing going across the ocean, and the Polynesians. And the Polynesians were doing it long before the Europeans were. Polynesians were getting everywhere, and they were hitting the Americas. Uh, They found, um, I forget which island in the South Pacific, they found a sweet potato that only grows in South America on their island. Had no idea how it got there until they found Polynesian chicken bones in Chile. Mm -hmm. Like, well, they must have traded. So um, it's, it's amazing the Polynesians didn't colonize the Americas first
0: yeah i think that goes into the way that different cultures and these people groups are are looking at purpose right Mm -hmm. and like what you mentioned about mongols is like their purpose was to conquer new land and take new territory and that was not the polynesian purpose at all you know it was much more about like balance and exploration yeah. At least from what I understand. But the idea of the Mongols going across the Atlantic and discovering America and, well, and they South would have, America. They would have done
2: but they could it. Have s- gone. they could have gone across both oceans if they had conquered Europe. Yeah. They could yeah. have picked the Atlantic. But or see, the it, it, wouldn't have, so
1: right. it wouldn't have been the Mongols. It would have been the Mongols right. Some, like sending it, but it would have been Japanese or Chinese or European sailors with Mongols on board with their horses um and the chinese had huge ships compared to the Je- the european ships. Right. The european chinese ships,
2: ships were, like, were massive. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And Europeans it, were like here's my dinghy.
2: Yeah, comparatively if you put the ships that Columbus took next to the tip the ships from the chinese treasure fleet, I mean it looks like it looks like a small sailboat next to an aircraft carrier. Like it's yeah. unbelievable that Columbus was able to sail across the ocean in that thing um you see it seriously was i mean it was in hindsight it was ridiculous that it even worked um yeah when there's so many other better vessels to to take the trip um yeah that was a fun one that was the 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 possibilities with that is if if ogadai doesn't die and batu khan gets to continue his conquest of at least eastern europe up to italy and france um That could have changed a whole lot of things around the world. Yeah.
0: I mean, talk about, you know, talk about resources available to the Mongols and an empire being able to, their empire being able to survive for longer. I think this might be the situation where that would be the case for them, don't you? Mm -hmm. In some form.
2: Well, because you'd have a very motivated Europe to help you reconquer the Holy Lands. And that's the one thing that they didn't have. And actually, when you, when you read about the fall of the Mongolians, is, there was some talk of Europe and Mongol working together to defeat the Malbuks from Egypt, but it never materialized. Well, if the Mongols own Europe, that's it's easier. a whole lot easier to make that materialize.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So,
1: but to have the Mongol administration and control over all these areas that are truly administered by their own peoples... Um, it, it becomes, it, it's kind of interesting it's to It's kind consider. of like,
2: um, it's like a, a, a proto European union, right? Yeah. Or, or Germany some sort takes of, care of Germany or France takes yeah. care of France, but then you all have these collective rules and, and ordinances yeah. that you abide by. You all have a passport that works anywhere. Um, but you're still looking after your own affairs largely. Um, that's kind of what they had. Right. Except they, you know, they formed it through, through the sword, not through negotiation.
1: Yeah, that'd be quite interesting. So,
0: all right, good stuff.
1: Well, that was thanks for uh,
2: joining in on uh, this episode of Dadbot History. What if? What if the Mongols had conquered Europe? I'm Jake. I'm Eric. I'm Nick. Have a good one. Good night.